the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Nashville, Tennessee. And to the Dennis Prager Show, coming to you from Nashville. And the reason I am here is I was on the Mike Huckabee, I taped the Mike Huckabee Show. And then last night, 3,000 people, the vast majority of whom were young, in other words, I would say under 35, certainly under 40, to the great credit of... Daily Wire that sponsored the event, that's the Ben Shapiro organization. 3,000 people, again, mostly young. And Ben and his uh, Daily Wire associates, all terrific guys, many of whom have been guests on my show, had a dialogue. Then there was intermission. Then I was introduced. We, Ben and I, spoke. Then we had Jordan Peterson. He was introduced. The people did not expect. The people did not expect me, and they did not. They did not expect Jordan. So there was a real eruption of of sentiment and applause. Uh, I was very. I was very moved in both cases for myself and for Jordan. So uh, then, Candace Owens was. Uh, Candace Owens, I forgot to mention, was there from the beginning. So, yeah, this I, I, I'm going to ask. It's a good question. Sean asks if there's a video you can watch. You, you would love it. You would truly love it. I mean, Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens, myself, and three or four of, his, uh, of the top people at Daily Wire. It, it, was, uh, it was one of those moments where one of my personal attitudes was expressed itself. And that is, uh, there are two types of temperaments, those who, people who want to be stars and those who want to be on an all-star team. Uh, my own temperament is I want to be on an all-star team. So I, I felt that I was on one last night, and it was, it was a wonderful experience for uh, all concerned. All right, a very uh, a truly big uh, deal that uh, was done today by the, I'm just looking, I want to get something up here because this is just uh, breaking news. And let's see, one sec, my friend. Okay, good. Uh, The breaking news is that the Supreme Court has ruled six to three that the EPA has overstepped its authority. 
The Supreme Court limits the power of the EPA, Environmental Protection Association, or agency, sorry, and other regulatory agencies. High Court says agency overstepped its authority in restricting greenhouse gas emissions in a ruling with ramifications for other regulators. It's from the Wall Street Journal. The Supreme Court on Thursday, that's today, curtailed the Environmental Protection Agency's powers to restrict greenhouse gas emissions from power plants in a decision that could limit the authority of government agencies to address major policy questions without congressional approval. The the Supreme Court doesn't believe that the government can do whatever it wants without the, the will of the people as expressed through Congress. That is a radical idea to the left. The left, if you don't understand this, then you don't understand the great battle of the last 100 years. Do people have authority or does the state have authority? Which has greater authority? And it is amazing that you are called a right-winger if you believe that the people have the authority and not the state. It's a right-wing position now. The left is brilliant and successful in defining all the terms of public discourse. That makes you a right-winger. It makes you a right-winger if you don't think five-year-olds should be taught about gender fluidity. That makes you a right-winger. And uh, it works. It works. Gradually, people are, gradually, very gradually, people are beginning to understand the mortal threat that the left poses to everything that we cherish that is good. Everything. Literally everything. Elaborating on earlier decisions, the high court said federal agencies need explicit authorization from Congress. But they're too weak in Congress to do this. They, it's not popular. The single greatest reason your gasoline costs so much is because of the, uh, uh, the totalitarian environmentalists. The Greens have made your gas more expensive, much more than Putin has. It preceded Putin's invasion of Ukraine. It's another gigantic lie of Biden who, who is, makes Donald Trump look like an honest human being. It is not the war in Ukraine it has certainly contributed. This country was exporting oil, was exporting energy under Donald Trump. The moment the vile Biden administration came into power, the, the uphill movement of prices began because of this crackpot idea that we will substitute wind and sun for fossil fuel. If they had said nuclear power, then they would be telling you the truth. Wind and solar is a fantasy. Even your your car battery for your so-called zero-emitting electric car, I read to you, and I will do it again. I should do it regularly. I will read to you how much is involved in making that 1,000 pound lithium battery and the amount of of exploitation of human beings that is involved, not to mention the enriching of China, one of the most dangerous regimes on earth. It's all backwards. And by the way, for those of you 
foolish Republican never-Trumpers. This is all a result of Donald Trump having been elected president, that we have a Supreme Court that believes that the state does not have the amount of authority the left wants it to have. It is all because of his victory. No one else would have defeated Hillary Clinton and because of his courage. Never Trumpers live in a make-believe land. I don't like the man, therefore screw America. That is the motto of the Never Trumper. And a lot of these people I like. That's it. I, I, I know them. That's their motto, though. I can't stand Trump, so screw America. I'll vote for Biden. Wow. That's, that's mature. That's really mature. In his decision for the 6-3 majority, Chief Justice John Roberts said Congress never gave the EPA the authority to change the methods a power plant uses. Hmm. Chief Justice Roberts said that forcing a nationwide transition away from coal may be a sensible idea, but the EPA cannot do so without a clear authority from Congress. A decision of such magnitude and consequence rests with Congress itself or an agency acting pursuant to a clear delegation from that representative body. Adding that the EPA claimed to discover an unheralded power representing a transformative expansion of its regulatory authority in the vague language of a long extant but rarely used statute. The Chief Justice's opinion was joined by the Court's conservatives, Justices Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. Justice Gorsuch wrote a concurring opinion that was joined by Justice Alito. Justice Elena Kagan wrote a dissent on behalf of herself, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, and Justice Stephen Breyer, whose retirement becomes effective Thursday. This ruling sets a troubling precedent both for what it means to protect public health and the authority regulatory agencies have to protect public health, Senator Dick Durbin, whom the people of Illinois have elected in their infinite wisdom to make sure that Illinois continues to be degraded. The problem with the election of people like Lori Lightfoot in Chicago and all the Democrats in California. The problem is not that the people who voted for these people suffer as a result of their vote, which they do, at least the middle class and poor do. It is that good people who didn't vote for them also suffer. This is like the old problem between... God and Abraham over Sodom and Gomorrah. The Dennis Prager Show. Inflation is at a 40-year high. You know it, and you feel it every day. We're paying considerably more for gas, groceries, and really just about everything. Take charge of your money right now. Use the equity in your home to consolidate debt and lower your monthly expenses. These impressive men, Andrew and Todd, at andrewandtodd.com, know what you're going through. Andrew and Todd aren't brokers, they're bankers who handle your refi loan personally from start to finish, and they're always in your corner. Visit andrewandtodd.com to beat inflation by lowering your monthly expenses and protect your greatest asset, your home. Andrew and Todd at Sierra Pacific Mortgage share your values. I trust them. 
That's why I work with them. Get started now. Go to andrewandtodd.com for a quick mortgage checkup. No obligations. Use the equity in your home before it's too late. Go to andrewandtodd.com. That's andrewandtodd.com. Hi, everybody. So the, uh, the Supreme Court has done a major service to democracy. That's the irony. The lie about the right threatening democracy in this country. 99% of the threat to democracy in this country comes from the left. But that's what the left has always done. The smokescreen of lies to hide the damage that they do. Some people are awakening to it. Some people are. I will uh, bring you examples of that later on in the show. In the meantime, here is a story for you. It just came out. The United States Presbyterian Church has officially passed a resolution declaring that Israel is an apartheid state. They have created a Nakba Remembrance Day. That is a Remembrance Day on behalf of the Palestinians when they lost the the war in 1948, attempting to strangle the just-born Israel. And they called Christian Zionism a heresy and idolatrous. idolatrous. This is the Presbyterian Church of the United States of America. Uh, I'll read to you some more and then I'll comment. U.S. Presbyterian Church voted to declare Israel an apartheid state and establish a Nakba Remembrance Day as well as passing two other resolutions highly critical of Israel. This was two days ago at the American Religious Body's 225th General Assembly. This is, this just marks, uh, this is the sort of resolutions on the past on the Titanic as the Presbyterian Church sinks. The difference with the Titanic is the Titanic was destroyed by an outside force, an iceberg. The Presbyterian Church is being destroyed as denominations in Judaism, conservatism, and reform are by their own members. Israel's laws, policies, and practices regarding the Palestinian people fulfill the international legal definition of apartheid. The U.S. Presbyterian Church's International Engagement Committee voted overwhelmingly to recognize that, quote, Israel's laws, policies, and practices regarding the Palestinian people fulfill the international legal definition of apartheid as they had determined that Palestinians were systematically oppressed through inhuman acts for the objective of racial domination. The Israelis are as interested in dominating Palestinians as you are, I might add. There is no recognition of the daily mortal threat to Israel's existence, to the desire to commit genocide against the Jewish people in Israel on the part of so many Palestinians. 
none. It doesn't doesn't mean anything to the fools who run the Presbyterian Church. The reason this should be of interest, well, there are many. One is the broken moral compass of mainstream Protestantism, Catholicism, and Judaism. In their each in their own way. Another is that the uh, the hatred of Israel is almost always combined with hatred of the of the United States. I have no doubt, though I have, in other words, I haven't seen it, but I have no doubt that the Presbyterian Church has condemned America for systemic racism. The church claimed that non-Jewish Arabs living in Israel and the disputed territories have, quote, this is from the Jerusalem Post, an inferior status, unquote, and Palestinians are unable to participate in, quote, the political, social, economic, and cultural life of their country. This overture is pursued, well, first of all, that's just not true. The, the the Israeli Arab, as opposed to the Palestinian on the West Bank, the Israeli Arab has the same rights in his, as an Israeli Jew. They're, they have their own members of parliament. They have their own party. There was an Israeli Arab who was a Supreme Court justice. It's an amazing apartheid state. Were there any black justices let alone Supreme Court justices in South Africa where there was apartheid. You should watch the video up at PragerU by a black South African who was a, who is a member of the South African Parliament today, or was when, when he made the video a few years ago. And he decided, having lived under apartheid, to visit Israel to check out, is this true that there's apartheid in Israel? And he made the video about what a lie it is and how angry he is at, the, at those who say Israel is an apartheid state because he suffered under apartheid. And it has cheapened the word apartheid by, by, by declaring that Israel has apartheid. By, 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 by an amazing coincidence, he had to be in a hospital. He had to be hospitalized while he was in Israel, and he shared uh, a a room, a hospital room, with a Jew and an, a Palestinian, an Arab. And he said this would this would have been impossible under apartheid South Africa. They didn't they didn't even allow blacks into regular hospitals, let alone share a room with a white. It's a gigantic lie that Israel's an apartheid state. But so what? For the Presbyterian Church, where leftism is the new religion, uh, truth is not a value because it's not a left-wing value. We'll return. The Dennis Prager Show. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work, and that happens to be true. I use them. 
They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code Prager. Or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I fully admit that he's one of my favorite people. So you'll know in advance what I what I think about my next guest. I I love the man. He's Jack Hibbs, one of the most uh, well-known Christian pastors in the United States for good reason. A massive following, Calvary a Church in, uh, in Orange County. And uh, he has a new book out which we'll talk about in a moment, but uh, let me tell you why I so uh, adore this man, aside from he's worthy of being adored, is that he is so courageous. And I love courage, and he is one of the few, unfortunately, rabbis, priests, ministers in this country who exhibited any courage uh, as opposed to joining the herd of uh, Christians and Jews who obeyed irrational orders from secular authority. That is all they did. It was the scariest moment of my life the last two years, watching the sheep-like behavior of religious clergy. That the typical secular person will be a sheep is sad to me, but not shocking. That so many priests, rabbis, and ministers were utterly obedient, again, to irrational, irrational secular authority was scary. Let me talk to you about that. First, I want you all to know we're going to talk about his latest book, Countdown, All Eyes on God's Ultimate Endgame. You can get it at Amazon and Kindle. You can go to jackhibbs.com and see all the stuff that is available there, jackhibbs.com. Why do you you think, and maybe there's no answer, Jack, uh, or Pastor... Hibbs, I want. To, I'm so used to Look, you off the you air. Call me, you call me uh, Jack. That's how we do it. That's how it is. Yeah. All right. Well, I I feel funny. I, I I your title is important. Anyway, Pastor Jack, my friend. In in retrospect, have you come to any conclusions about why there was this sheep like behavior among clergy? Yeah, believe it or not, Dennis, uh, we have. And I'm not saying that this is the uh, final answer, but it seems to be an answer that is uh, forthcoming, almost uh, like an investigation. What we've noticed over the last couple of years is this in the Christian church, is that um, pastors immediately, as you so well said, obeyed the, the politics of this trumped up pandemic. And instead of going with the word of God, the promises of God, uh, what we have in the Holy Scriptures and trusting them, uh, they they caved in. But the question is, why did they cave in? And the answer is, Dennis, in part, that they've come out of universities or seminaries that instead of teaching the authoritative word of God, they taught much like what we're seeing today in secular institutions where 
Uh, it's the thoughts of man. It's the wisdom of man. It's, it's I can do this better than God can. And so when the world hit them in the face, hit us all in the face, uh, we were forced to lean back on what was in us. And for some of us, for you, for me, the word of God was in us. For many in the pulpit today, it was what they were taught by their professor, what they were taught by their uh, seminary, and that the word of God uh, is not all sufficient. It, it doesn't answer all things. And you say, well, Jack, how can you say that? Well, it's easy to say because that trend, Dennis, has continued. The same group did uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, embracing elements of Antifa's argument. Uh, they, they went down the path of what is culturally happening at the moment rather than what is perpetually biblically relevant. Yeah, that's that's the way it appears. I, I also think, though, and this, I, I think that's the major thing. I think they've been influenced by the culture more than by the Bible. I, I, I so is that fair? Is that a fair one sentence? Absolutely. Okay, fine. I think though, there's another, and it's related, but another factor which I don't think you feel comfortable talking about because it, it would sound self-serving. So I'll say it, and that is courage. Courage is the rarest of the human good traits. There are a lot more kind people than there are courageous people. Most kind people are not courageous, and that's this is the fact of life. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back again. JackHibbs.com, or, or just get Countdown, All Eyes on God's Ultimate Endgame. His theology of what's happening uh, is that also at Amazon. We'll be back in a moment with, with Jack Hibbs, but I want to ask him when we come He'll have a couple of minutes to think about why are some people courageous and most not? I don't. I don't have a perfect answer, but it's a, an important question. The American public is getting pinched right now. Terrible leftist policies like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline have you paying way more than you should for gas, which also raises the cost of your grocery bills. Hard to depend on government, but you can depend on Pure Talk. Because Pure Talk gives you four lines of talk, text, and data for just $64 a month. Four lines. It's only $16 a line. Believe it. Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year. I'm a customer, the 5G coverage, most reliable network in America. U.S. customer service, keeping jobs right here in America, and the CEO is a U.S. veteran. Stop giving your money to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile and supporting their causes. Switch to Pure Talk, just dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager, and get four lines for just $64 a month. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret this. Dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager, and welcome to or back to the show. Uh, Last hour, I reported on the Supreme Court decision 6-3 to that does not allow the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, or presumably many government agencies from making policy without congressional authorization. It is so obviously right that you you must be a leftist to argue that unelected people can tell you what to do with your life. 
which is their design, ultimately. As David Horowitz has said all of his life, every leftist is a totalitarian. Liberals are not totalitarians. Leftists are. Unfortunately, liberals vote for totalitarians. It's another issue. I also discussed the Presbyterian Church announcing that Israel is an apartheid state, that they will every year celebrate or not celebrate as commemorate Nakba Day. Nakba is the Arab word for the disaster, the disaster of Israel's founding uh, in uh, 1948. And they lied about uh, Israeli Arabs not having the same rights as Israeli Jews, but it doesn't matter. Truth is not a left-wing value. These are the death pangs of the Presbyterian Church because the left has taken over, and whatever the left touches, it destroys. And that is mainstream Protestantism, non-Orthodox Jewish denominations, and mainstream Catholicism. be interesting to see if it affects the LDS the Mormon Church. I have reasons for concern, and I have reasons for optimism, but that's another topic for another time. It is a very important topic, because it's an important movement. Latest, Twitter suspends Jordan Peterson. Why? Peterson was suspended after a tweet saying a criminal physician removed Elliot Page's, or now Ellen Page. No, sorry, it's very hard for me to keep up. I'm sorry, and I'm not being cute. It is hard to keep up because I don't follow actors much. So I'm sorry, currently what? Currently Elliot and was Ellen. That's right. And when when she was Ellen, she had her breasts removed, and he said that, that the physician, he wrote this, Remember when pride was a sin? Jordan Peterson, whom I was with last night, as I mentioned earlier, here in Nashville. It was quite an evening. Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens. Jordan Peterson and myself, along with the terrific people who are the heads of Daily Wire. It's quite an evening. And uh, anyway, we didn't discuss the tweet. He tweeted, remember when pride was a sin and Ellen Page just had her breasts removed by a criminal physician? Dave Rubin was very close to Jordan tweeted, the insanity continues at Twitter, at Jordan Peterson, has just been suspended for his tweet about Ellen Page. He just told me he will never delete the tweet. And this is what Twitter said. You may not promote violence against, threaten, or harass other people on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, religious affiliation, age, disability, or serious illness. Hmm. Well, promote violence, we would all agree. Threaten, we would agree. What does harass mean? When the Presbyterian Church says that Israel is an apartheid state, 
a gigantic lie like America is systemically racist is a gigantic lie? Will they delete the, the Twitter account of the Presbyterian Church? <laughs> so what is the uh, what is the hateful conduct that he mentioned the original name? I think that's what it is. Not not condemning the surgeon for removing then Ellen now Elliot's breasts. An account purportedly representing Peterson's daughter, Michaela Michaela Peterson, announced on Twitter, Wow, at Jordan B. Peterson got a Twitter strike. No more Twitter until he deletes the tweet. Definitely not a free speech platform at the moment, at Elon Musk. That's correct. That's an amazing thing. He didn't threaten, that's clear. He didn't promote violence, that's clear. But I guess mentioning the original name, but that's such an odd thing. The number of accounts in, in the mainstream media that mentioned the original name of the trans woman swimmer for the University of Pennsylvania... Leah Thomas, the number of accounts that mentioned her original name when she was a male until two years ago, uh, they they have not been suspended. I, it's hard for me to imagine that it is not simply because he's Jordan Peterson and the people at Twitter hate him. They cite the PragerU's reaction here in this Fox News article. for uh, complete disclosure here, full disclosure. That's why people celebrated that Elon Musk would allow people to have free speech on Twitter. What did he say that would would mean that his account is, is deleted? What did he say? I mean, you may not agree with him, but th- th- this is... All he said is, remember when pride was a sin and Ellen Page just had her breasts removed by a criminal physician? That's it. That is it. It's not like Elliot Page, the current incarnation of this individual, denies, or or I shouldn't say denies, doesn't promote the fact that he, now he, is transgender. So he can talk about his having been a female and now has the identity of a a male. But you're not, if you talk about it, if you mention it, you, you lose your, Twitter account. I, I, I'm, I'm serious in saying I don't understand that. I understand that it would be wrong to take a, an, a private individual and expose the fact that this is no, this is not Bill. This was originally Mary. Okay, I understand that's wrong. I do. I believe that. 
but where a public figure is using, in this case, his, their, whatever the pronoun, gender identity to promote uh, trans rights, you can't refer to the fact that the individual is trans and was almost all of this person's life Ellen? It, it, this is truly a free speech issue. All right. I mentioned yesterday a uh, a piece in the 11,000-word piece in the New York Times that I read titled The Battle Over Gender Therapy. Very obviously very long, detailed piece about the battle... And there's a, there's a lot in it. What I want to read to you are the, the leading comments, the most recommended comments by New York Times readers, subscribers. And it will show you that there is a great schism on the left over transgender. Stay tuned. The Dennis Prager Show. I think this is the first NBA player I've had on my show. <laughs> I have to say, and uh, it's a it's a delight and an honor because of his courage, Jonathan Isaac. If you look on the internet, as Jonathan I did during the break, and there's a picture of you standing while all your teammates are kneeling during, in 2020 during the national anthem, and it's. Uh, or 2021, I don't remember which it is, but it's a very dramatic picture. Yeah, it was 2020. And this is a part of the statement that uh, he made at the time, July, it's it's got July 2020, if that's accurate. He was asked, do you believe black lives matter? As as if anybody doesn't. Absolutely, I believe Black Lives Matter. A whole lot went into my decision, and part of it is my thought that kneeling or wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt does not go hand-in-hand with supporting black lives. I felt like just me personally and what it is that I believe and standing on the stance that I do believe that black lives matter, but I just felt that it was a decision I had to make. I didn't feel like putting that shirt on and kneeling went hand-in-hand with black lives. My life has been supported through the gospel. Everyone is made in God's image. How's that for a radical statement, my friends? And we all fall short short of God's glory. Each and every one of us does things every day that we shouldn't do. We say things we shouldn't say. We shouldn't hate or dislike. Sometimes it gets to a point where we point fingers whose evil is worse. Sometimes it comes down to whose evil is most visible. I felt like I wanted to take a stand on we all make mistakes, but the gospel says there is grace for us. That's part of his statement. So I I really, in light of you and Jack Hibbs last hour, I really do wonder, does secularism breed cowardice? And... A lot of religious people were were cowardly during this past two years too. But I, the people who stood out, generally were religious. 
I'm religious, you're religious, Jack Hibbs is religious. So the obvious question, or an obvious, Jonathan, is, uh, and I know you, you can't, it's a tough question and you can't be fully open about it, but to the extent that you can, what what was it like for you in the NBA being the one player to stand? Well, it was it, it was hectic. Um, d- definitely in the moment of standing and in, in, in the couple of hours that took place after it, um, going into the press conference and and like you read, having that first question be, "Do you even believe that Black Lives Matter?" Uh, it, it definitely caught me off guard. But it, it was just a hectic time, not only in the NBA bubble but just in the world. I, I don't. I don't foresee or remember in my lifetime there being a moment in time as politically charged, as um, culturally divided or crazy as, as a moment in, in my life, at least, than during that Black Lives Matter you know, movement and rise of the organization. And so um, it, it was very hectic. I had a, uh, I had a team meeting with my teammates the day after. Um, and, and, you know, it, it was heated in there as well. They felt that, you know, that I, that I was hijacking the movement or making it about me. Um, but what I tried my best to get them to understand was that I wasn't trying to protest their protest. I was saying, I see the same things that you guys see. I, I see uh, not only racism, but all the things that plague the heart of, of the men in our society. Um, but that I feel that the solution to the problem is not wearing a T-shirt or kneeling for the national anthem. It's going to be giving an answer that's going to change the hearts of men, which is to me the gospel, because it's done just that for me. And so, uh, yeah, it, it, it was just it was just hectic and and. and uh, that one moment doesn't really uh, it doesn't really capitalize on how crazy everything was. And so what I tried my best to do in the story was really lay out the details of the behind the scenes, the conversations that I was having with, you know, my friends and my family, my pastor the night before um, that really led up to it. The book is that he's referring to is Why I Stand. And I strongly urge you to get it. He's showing it for those of you uh, watching us on video. Sean, where do people go to see the show on video? Salem News Channel, so you can see my show on video. Uh, the book is up at DennisPrager.com, or just go straight to Amazon, Why I Stand. And I, I urge you to get it, if for no other reason than just to show support uh, for Jonathan and the courage that he demonstrated. Is it better today? Has it somewhat subsided? It definitely has. Um, I think because the moment was so emotional and, and a lot of people were going just off of emotion, going off of what, what other people around them were saying, as everyone's emotions have been able to die down and even seeing some of the things that have come out, you know, with the Black Lives Matter organization and movement, um, people have a different tone um, when it comes to, you know, how they talk about the organization and just how they feel about, um, you know, kind of wh- where we lie as a country right now when it comes to racial relations. And so um, it definitely is different. It's definitely easier to have those conversations and to be outspoken about what it is that I believe. And I think a lot of other people are gaining encouragement and inspiration to do the same. But you literally could not talk about anything other than the mainstream talking points of Black Lives Matter organization and Black Lives Matter movement during that time. And so that's what made the stand so profound. Certainly was. What is the story now with the national anthem at NBA games? I believe everything is back to normal. Um, it, it, it was even a little bit uh, after, uh, you know, everything with the Black Lives Matter, you know, kind of calmed down. And so every, everything seems to be, you know, back to normal. But So they play, they, pl- 
So they play or sing the national anthem at every NBA game and the players are standing? Yes, sir. Wow. Well, there, there you go. You, my friend, are a special person. And it was a delight meeting you and your significant other. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I appreciate that. I give God the glory. Yeah. Thank you. That's right. It is indeed. You you give God a good name. And that's the highest praise that I could offer any individual. So I'll see you soon, hopefully. And uh, again, folks, Why I Stand is his book. Thank you, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Dennis. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dennis Prager Show, still in Nashville, Tennessee. As I mentioned, had a great, great, really, it was a wonderful evening last night. You you can well imagine. 3,000 people. Shows you how popular the Daily Wire is in Ben Shapiro's company. Located now in Nashville. They moved from Los Angeles to Nashville a couple of years ago. It's a massive exodus of people from California. I'm still there, and it is uh, it is overwhelmingly for personal reasons because I have so many people I love there. That's that, and I'm a people person. The left loves humanity; they uh, they're not fans of individuals. They don't like humans. That's why I shouldn't even have children. Whereas uh, my view is I have contempt for humanity and I love humans. I'm also there because of uh, the fact that I founded a synagogue there. And it gives me great strength every Saturday to be with with the, the company of people who share my values. There are people of different faiths who come to it as well, obviously mostly Jews, but everybody's welcome. The religion issue is the issue. Last night, when Ben Shapiro introduced me, and there's a beautiful, uh, I got a beautiful reception. There was mostly young people, to the credit of everybody, even though I... I have always believed you have to touch people who are 90, not just nine. Everyone is valuable. But obviously, uh, at the same time, the the youth will be the next generation of adults. It's not, uh, not a profound notion, but it's why we want to touch young people. Not because they're special. They're not. People aren't special because of age. People aren't special because of ethnicity or race or religion, they're special because they're special. But the uh, it, it's encouraging if you see a lot or you get a lot of young response because it means that there's hope for the future. That's, that's what that's about. At one point he said, so what's the biggest fr- problem facing America, Dennis? These very, very big questions are always tough. And I could have given him any number of answers, but I gave him a one-word answer, which it was clear, because I read audiences, 
it was clear that it was not something anybody expected, perhaps even Ben himself. And I said, secularism. And I explained, as I have to you so often, 40 years of radio as of as of next month, what, are, we, are we in July yet? So the, it, it's August that it'll be 40 years. What is today? June 30th. 30th? So tomorrow it'll be a month before. Anyway, uh, I can summarize the message of my 40 years of radio, of writing, of, bro- of, of lecturing, and that is the consequences of secularism. People spectacularly, foolishly thought get away with the biblical bases of morality and still keep morality. The, the idiocies that prevail, men give birth, men menstruate, America systemically racist, defund police, will, will reduce crime. The, Israel is an apartheid state. America systemically racist, if I didn't say that already. I have a whole article, actually. It's really good. You should take a look. Published a few months ago. On the absurdities that people believe. And it's... Uh, it's the idiocy that follows the death of God and and Judeo-Christian values in society. I repeat it so often because if you don't repeat an important point, it's forgotten. And then one day, people, some people awaken. Whoa. Maybe we cannot sustain a decent, even rational world without the biblical worldview. Not just decent, rational The irrationality that pervades the secular world, nothing is more secular than the university, and there's no more irrational institution than the university. It is the seat of irrationality. How's that? Let's uh, let's get rid of George Washington and George Washington University. That's a good example. I read to you the first hour about the Presbyterian Church announcing that Israel is a apartheid state. Israeli Arabs are like blacks in South Africa. So it's a, it's just a lie. Show you how stupid the people in the Presbyterian Church leadership are. I mean, just stupid. Not just irrational and bad, stupid. The Racial Equity Advocacy Committee. The fact that you even have equity, anything with equity is definitionally stupid and and, uh, morally uh, defective. We don't want equity. Equity means equality of result. We want equality before the law, before God. The Racial Equity Advocacy Committee of the Presbyterian Church. Is that awesome? (laughs) What else do you need to know? Supported the resolution with the recommendation that it replace mentions of anti-Semitism with anti-Jewish. 
as it believed, are you ready? Anti-Semitism, quote, encompasses other people groups in addition to our Jewish siblings. Really? Anti-Semitism encompasses other people groups? Who exactly? If anti-Semitism is not only about Jews, who is it about? Semites? You are, the ignorance of that comment is breathtaking. Ignorance is a feature of leftism. Anti-Semitism was a word coined by Wilhelm Marr in the 1870s in Germany to mean one thing only, Jew hatred. It never meant Semite hatred. The amount of anti-Semitism among the Arab Semites is, is enormous. Only a few days later, what is the NCDP? Is it the North Carolina Democratic Party? Is that, is that what it refers to? I think it does. Let me see if... Uh, uh, let's see. What's the... Is the uh, take a look, will you, Alan? Uh, NCDP. I think it was the North Carolina... Huh? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. Only a few days later, the NCDP, the North Carolina Democratic Party, indicated that Israel was committing the crime of apartheid, and Jews still vote Democrat. To say that I am embarrassed by the behavior of many of my fellow American Jews is to understate the case. But uh, I, I have some degree of comfort in the fact that... It's not all, of course. It's the majority, but not all. And that my uh, my fellow citizens who are Christian have the same embarrassment over the behavior of many fellow Catholics and many fellow Protestants. The NCDP indicated Israel was committing the crime of apartheid and passed a resolution demanding the U.S. condition arms sales and security assistance to Israel to end these practices. Really? Really? So we'll allow you to be annihilated by Iran and by its proxy Hezbollah and Hamas and all the others who want to annihilate Israel because you're practicing apartheid. That's the North Carolina Democratic Party. In January, the stated clerk, Reverend Dr. J. Herbert Nelson II of the U.S. Presbyterian Church described Israel's treatment of Palestinians as enslavement. Wow. Enslavement. Hmm. It degrades the word enslavement. It is not possible to overstate the harm that the left, through teachers, social workers, doctors, and others, are doing uh, uh, to children. It, is, it cannot overstate it. Not only in the uh, premature sexualization of children, but uh, in giving uh, six-month-olds vaccines. Uh, the contempt for children on the left uh, is, is actually inexplicable, because these people love their own children. It just shows you that love is not the uh, solution to all problems that a lot of people think it is. Wisdom is the solution to problems, not love.
and there's no wisdom on the left. So I'd like you to hear the latest PragerU video opening with Carol Markowitz. She's a columnist at the New York Post. And let's hear the opening and then I At what I age have... is it appropriate for grammar school teachers to discuss issues like sex and gender with their students? Should it be done with kids as young as pre-K, second grade, fifth? Even a decade ago, the most common answer would have been never. These are simply not appropriate subjects for young children. If, for some reason, they did have to be raised, it would be the parents' job, not the teachers. Today, it's much different. Now these are pressing questions and very much on the minds of parents. They're part of what the media calls the culture war. But parents didn't start this war. The war has been waged on us. Until recently, we had no idea it was even happening. Now it's hand-to-hand combat, school boards versus mom and dad. It's not clear who's winning. Starting in September 2022, New okay, Jersey Okay, good. First All right. Week, well, that's that's the uh that's the opening of Carol Markowitz's extremely important video out this week at PragerU on the sexualization of children. Carol, I salute you for your work. I thank you for everything you're doing, whether it's PragerU or certainly the your New York Post column and your other writings. I have a question for you that Uh, I have posed to my audience many times, and that is the, uh, we're getting feedback, Sean, it's it's not, uh, it's a problem. Are we? Okay. And, And that is the absolutely, uh, disproportionate role women are playing in robbing children of their sexual innocence. And as I have said often, I've had to rethink one of the most basic beliefs of my entire long life, that women instinctively protect children. you have any thoughts on this? Thank you so much for having me, sir. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that we've reached a point where we used to think of men as the one sort of who would harm children. And, and yeah, I absolutely think that there's been a, a cadre of women who have come um, up really hurting kids lately. And I think it's, it's actually, actually happening on so many different levels. It's not just in schools. It's um, happening throughout society, librarians, health agencies, I mean, all of it, uh, are pushing this wokeness onto our children without any kind of thought as to what kind of harm will come to the kids. So we're in agreement on the disproportionate role of women. And I'm not, I'm asking you because I don't even know, uh, I don't even have an answer. Since it so runs against the grain, is there any explanation you might have? You know, I mean, if you want to give them the absolute benefit of the doubt, it's that they think that they're doing something good, right? They think that they're helping society by pushing these ideas on the kids. They think that these kids will be more um, open-minded or uh, more accepting of other points of view. But the thing is that kids are very malleable at a very young age. You, You tell a child that they can switch their gender from day to day, that child may do that. And it really may have some serious mental repercussions going forward. Um, it's it's not just that um, kids are are being told this; they're being told to live it. They're they're being encouraged to live it. They're being told that um, this is normal, and none of it is normal. And that's really what I think 
is, is happening here. I think if you ask the, the, the teachers and, again, the health agencies and the doctors and whatever who are all harming these children, they would say, well, I'm trying to do something good. And it's crazy to me that they think that way, but that's, you know, that's the most um, kind of uh, benefit of the doubt example I can give. Do you get uh, blowback for what you write? I'll, I'll, I'll have you answer that when we come back, Carol. I don't want to interrupt you because we're going to take a, take a break here. I'm speaking to Carol Markowitz. Her uh, video sexualization of children is up at PragerU this week, and, of course, her columns are in the New York Post. Hi, everybody. Carol Markowitz of the New York Post and now of the... Uh, my latest PragerU video is on the line with me, and it is about the sexualization of children. Uh, I had asked you if you got any blowback, if you get generally blowback. Is that part of the reason you left New York and went to Florida? It's it's not part of the reason that I left New York, but it's an added bonus. Uh, in New York, I got notes on my home. Um, I got threats, uh, all kinds of things like that, and... Uh, it wasn't one of our deciding factors. I wouldn't um, run from these people because if they're anonymous as they have been, that means that they're more afraid of me than I am of them. Um, but it was, you know, uh, definitely unpleasant to come home and see a note on my house. Um, and so, what, are the, what, like what would a typical what would a typical note say? Um, that, well, the note that I got was about something that I tweeted that, you know, the, the person had completely misunderstood anyway, um, but it was like, delete your tweet, you know. Um, and look, I'm a public figure. I understand it happens. I'm not afraid of these people. Uh, but, you know, there are people, there are so many education activists, so many regular moms who have gotten similar threats, and they're not public figures, and they're not... Um, you know, they, they didn't choose this life. They just chose to defend their kids from the, this rampant sexualization that's happening in their schools. And they get threats. And I think it's so important to stand up for those people and fight back for them. Because, again, I picked this. They didn't. And so I, I really feel for all, all the parents who have been threatened by, you know, by strangers, but also by the Biden administration who sick the Justice Department on them and called, you know, said that they were domestic terrorists. That's right. Well, uh, I got to say, having grown up in New York, it's not a healthy place. You don't even have to react. So I want you to know, I believe your QOL, quality of life, (laughs) initials we use among friends, will increase dramatically having moved to Florida. (laughs) I just... I think we're just waiting on you to make the move, you know? Uh, Yeah, yeah, well... There are many in Florida urging me to do so. I, I uh, a lot of wonderful people now now adding you to that wonderful list. <laughs> so uh, uh, this is this is a development that I think has taken everybody aback. I want you to react to this. I spent time today on my show reading comments to the 11th New York Times readers comments to the 11,000 word piece on gender therapy in the New York Times 2 weeks ago yeah. and uh, I'm sure you saw it I and I slogged through the 11,000 words as a service to my listeners but I did something that most 
people don't do, and it's a mistake. I read comments, and I check off the choice most recommended. And every one of the most recommended said, I'm not a right winger, but this is where the left loses me. Do you think that's happening? Oh, absolutely. I think that's absolutely happening. In fact, you know, when you said that you read the comments, I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought it was going to be from left-wingers because those are generally the most recommended comments on the New York Times uh, site. That's right. Where, that, you know, that's why That's so, why I'm telling you. Yeah. So it's interesting because I definitely think that a line has been crossed. I have super left friends, for example, that can't believe that it's their side that's erasing women. Um, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was was the chair of women's studies at ACLU, and then ACLU edited a quote from her, you know, posthumously to say that she uh, had not referred to women, that she birthing people or something like that. Um, so it, it's been a shock to a lot of people on the left. The thing is that they're largely falling in line with this because they're afraid. They're afraid to be called names. They're afraid to be canceled. They're afraid to lose standing with their side. And I've seen this happen again and again over the years where the saner people on the left won't fight back because they have this fear of what will happen if they go against their political, you know, friends. Uh, and, and it happens all the time. It happened during COVID in New York where I saw the left not speak up for opening schools at all because they were afraid of being told, you know, you want teachers to die or, you, you know, you're a white parent so you don't count. And it's happening again with this kind of thing. It's nice that they're leaving New York Times comments, but I want to see some more action from these people. They have to say something. It's, it's their political bedfellows who are, are making these insane changes to our society. They need to fight back. So I have, I just came up with a riddle. I have made up two riddles in my whole life, and now I have a third just based on what you said. Here's my riddle. Ready? What do you yeah. call a, a courageous liberal? conservative <laughs> she got it she got my riddle i love you that was awesome <laughs> that's exactly right um, <laughs> that's what happens when a liberal gets courageous Absolutely. they turn conservative <laughs> you you're a joy uh, okay. we we have to meet in florida they, they, you you're so on my list Absolutely. Yes, all definitely. right keep, keep up come. keep up the fight you're you're, you're a terrific uh, writer and and fighter Thank Thanks you. again. All right. So watch her video up at uh, at PragerU, folks. Uh, she, she was a delight. I, I, I tell you, I'm so lucky to meet all these wonderful people. You have no idea. Uh, Sarasota, Florida. Linda, hello. 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 That's beautiful. Thank you. My call was about um, you. You've been talking about the Presbyterian Church and Israel. I'm a Presbyterian, but there are two Presbyterian churches. There's Presbyterian USA and Presbyterian PCA. And PCA is Presbyterian Church of America. is very conservative. The other one is very liberal, and they split. Uh, over 40 years ago, maybe 45 years ago. Oh, that's important. I, I knew, okay, thank you for telling me that and everybody else. 
That is very helpful. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Well, she got the riddle. I was so impressed with her. I was impressed, obviously, before. That's why we have her on and have her do a PragerU video. What do you call... I love it. I'm going to come up with a series now of of riddles. I can't believe it. I'll add riddle maker to my list of interests. What do you call a courageous liberal, a conservative? All right. Now, tell me if this is accurate in North Carolina... In Forest City, are you a, a Catholic priest, Father Father Herbert? Yes, sir, I am. Well, can pleasure to speak to you. Yes, I can, and a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you. Well, I've been a big fan of yours, and there's something you did that Rush Limbaugh and the other guys never did that I think was pure genius, and that's the PragerU videos. And I'm calling to ask you to please go to the next level because people still read if you could come out with a book that uses your arguments for God's existence, dealing with the problem, you know, the, the foundational issues, maybe use some of the pictures from the video and the transcript, I bet it would sell like crazy, and you would increase your influence with young people. It would. Sell, I'm just saying you, you, the video was genius, but people do still read. <laughs> yes, so. yes. Fa- Father, I hope we meet one day. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm honored and that you use the videos and how you feel. Actually, uh, we're thinking exactly along the uh, direction that you just mentioned. There's a great Hebrew saying, The what is it? Let's see, I've got to translate it. It's, um, the work is large and the time is short. That's uh, that's one of the sobering aspects of life. That is why a motto in my life is also taken from a Hebrew statement of thousands of years ago in the Talmud. It's not up to you to finish the task, but you are not free to desist from trying. That has truly been an operative phrase. I grew up with about 25 aphorisms in my religious Jewish education in from the Hebrew and shaped my life. Talk about another good little book. That one's a beauty. It gives me peace. I know I can't finish the task that that I that I believe in and that I believe I have to embark on and have been embarked on. But I'm not free not to fight and try. That's that's how everybody should think. All right, everybody. You want to get some hope? Watch the Dennis and Julie podcast. See you tomorrow. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at pragertopia.com. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.